So who the fuck is Tom Williams? Bylines, Rant Media, Extra News Feed, PMP Magazine, Backbench, Dialogue and Discourse, Marker, Editor of Breakthrough. He has about twice as many followers as I do on Medium, which is to say he doesn't have very many followers. So why do I feel compelled to rant about Tom Williams? Because of this motherfucking piece. Beware the rise of the regressive left, or how not to be a progressive. What he's trying to do here, although he may try to cloak it, is what normie people do to protect the status quo. He's trying to say that progressive means identity politics versus economic politics. But he won't come right out and say that. Let me launch into this article and then I'll pick it apart bit by bit. So-called identity politics, the oft-maligned, rarely clearly defined school of thought, once predominantly critiqued by conservatives, has increasingly drawn the ire of leftists in recent years. At least he's calling us leftists. It's understandable as to why, as important as representation is, it's also true that establishment politicians can and do use the guise of identity politics to disguise the way their policies thwart progress. Presenting figures, <clears throat> Kamala, who want to largely maintain the status quo as progressive because of their racial, sexual, gender identity. Okay, this is me. No problem so far. And even though he says it's rarely clearly defined, that was a pretty good definition. Going on, in the Trump and now Biden era, an increasing number of leftists have condemned the identity-centric approach to politics, instead purporting to advocate an approach that prioritizes progressive policy commitments, like Medicare for All, the Green New Deal, over woke sloganeering. It's an approach that sounds desirable and solution-focused, because it is, but behind it often lies, lays, come on, transitive, intransitive, get your shit together. But behind it often lays uncomfortable realities. In their rejection of identity politics, air quotes, scare quotes, the thought leaders of this leftist strain often overlook the importance of social issues and representation. No, they don't and in the process make some strange and undesirable bedfellows. Trigger alert, he's going to criticize Jimmy Dore for talking to the Boogaloo Boys spokesperson, who was actually very good on all of these identity issues. Going on, and I'm not even sure why he brings this up, this next example. In the UK last week, there was an unwelcome reminder of the danger of the regressive left. A by-election in the constituency where MP Joe Cox was brutally murdered five years earlier saw a three-way race take place between Labour's Kim Ledbetter, Cox's sister, the Conservatives Ryan Stevenson, and party-hopping agitator George Galloway, who this time was standing for the Workers' Party. The by-election was the most brutal and nasty one of a lifetime. A reminder that the political tensions that led to Cox's death were still very much present in politics today. Galloway, who had supported Jeremy Corbyn as labor leader, seemed to want to instigate a labor loss in Batley to undermine current party leader Keir Starmer. To achieve his goal, he contributed to an environment of intimidation and prejudice. What he's doing here, folks, this is me breaking in, is he's trying to paint Galloway and Jimmy Dore with the same brush. He's trying to get you to equate them in your mind, which is like a straw man fallacy. Going on, 
Galloway, who attempted to target the constituency's large Muslim population to win, campaigned against LGBT inclusive education and muddied the waters in a campaign where labor campaigners were violently attacked and the openly LGBT labor candidate was harassed by homophobic protesters as Galloway literally looked on and laughed. Okay, this is me again. If we break in and say that it's bad to do what Galloway did, we can still argue that this isn't what Jimmy Dore did. In what one outlet described as a win for decency, as opposed to saying, this is me, a win for the status quo, Labor's Ledbetter pulled out a surprise and very narrow victory in the seat Labor have held since 1997. Galloway, who bagged over 20% of the vote, however, did markedly better than expected. It was a reminder of the danger of the regressive left, in trying to convolutedly undermine Starmer and return labor to a more economically left-wing position, Galloway thought it justified to drive up homophobic abuse, drum up hatred towards ordinary well-meaning activists, and sought to create tension between the LGBT and Muslim communities. It was a textbook example of the more insidious side of the regressive left. And this is me breaking in, and to spell it out clearly, Tom, this is a bad faith argument on your part. You're taking as an example something that's clearly bad and being done in another country to say that a focus on dismantling the status quo is the same as trying to stir up hatred for people who are minorities or LGBT community or women. And that's where he's going to go after Jimmy in a minute. He's going to say that Jimmy is a misogynist or he's going to imply that he is and, and it's a pure smear. He's pretty artful about it, but it's going to be a long leap from this Galloway example to anything Jimmy Dore has ever done or anything other true leftists have been doing lately to focus us on economic issues, especially also on anti-imperialist issues as opposed to identity politics. Going on, in America, left-wing alternative media circles, and that's quite a few of us now, have been consumed over infighting regarding one of their most influential figures, Jimmy Dore, who has garnered nearly a million YouTube subscribers, boasts high-profile supporters like podcaster Joe Rogan. Of course, he's trying to bring Joe Rogan into it because Joe Rogan isn't necessarily a leftist, and has divided audiences with his support of conspiracy theories regarding everything from Seth Rich's death to Bashar al-Assad's brutal bombing of his own people. Now we can see where his bread is buttered. Aaron Maté and Glenn Greenwald have debunked this idea of a brutal bombing of his own people. It's just not real, no more than Russiagate was real. So now we see where Tom is coming from. He's trying to keep the Syria narrative where the narrative managers want it. So anyone who challenges that status quo is challenging his comfy position in society. And that, dear viewers and listeners, is why he's attacking Jimmy Dore. Now here's another little smeary piece. FYI, for what it's worth, he also allied himself with a member of the violent far-right militia group, the Boogaloo Boys, who are most well known for their involvement in the plot to kidnap Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer. I guess it makes no difference to Tom that this member of the Boogaloo Boys comes down on the right side of all of the issues that Jimmy Dore asked him about on his show. And I'm talking about identity politics. I wonder if Tom even watched that interview. In this show, Howl Underground, over months and months, we've talked about the need to ally with other people who are populists. I've talked about right-wing militias in Oregon. I've also talked about the Black Panthers who worked directly with white militias in their time. 
What I've stressed over all these months is that racial tensions and gender tensions and every other kind of me, us, we, them, us, other problems have come from economic roots. People can learn to trust each other and resist the propaganda of division better if they figure out that if we work together to solve our economic problems, we'll have a lot fewer social problems. Of course, it's wrong to be anti-Muslim or anti-gay or anti-trans or anti-women. Of course, all that's wrong and we should all work together to make sure that nobody is getting away with being a misogynist or getting away with being a supremacist or an imperialist or any other way to hurt and exploit other people. So nobody, especially Jimmy Dore, is saying that we should stop trying to get these issues resolved. He's not trying to fan the flames of division between groups. He's trying to bring groups together. We all need to be doing that. I also said when I was interviewed on the Frank Analysis Show that we've been commandeered by comfy, normy people and we keep trying to please them instead of tune our message to the bottom half of the economic ladder. Comfy normie people are never going to work together to stage a revolution to get this country where it needs to be. We again need to dump the tea into the harbor. And the kinds of people who resisted that, not everyone was in favor of dumping the tea into the harbor, the kinds of people who resisted that then are the same kinds of people who resist it now. And that's you, Tom. So the key issue here is that we can't be offended by efforts to reach across the political aisle or the social divides and try to get people together on economic issues. And that includes issues about the environment, such as the Green New Deal, and it also includes anti-imperialism efforts. We need to get together on all of those issues. You know when a big company like Nike says Black Lives Matter, and then they work to oppress poor people, which includes a lot of black lives, they're talking out of both sides of their mouth and they're blowing smoke up our asses. They're using their big budgets and their ability to propagandize us to make us think that they're on the good team because they say black lives matter. Without losing our focus on the idea that black lives matter and the idea that our country was founded on systemic oppression of minorities, we need to keep doing what Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was doing and unite poor people. Poor people's marches are why he was killed. Our oppressors don't want poor people to unite. And Tom, you have to be counted as part of the oppression when you do pieces like this, hit pieces, to keep poor people from uniting. So now comes the smear. Most recently, Dor has gained attention for a scandal involving him and the Young Turks journalist Anna Kasparian. Dor leaked private messages where Kasparian had accused him of sexual harassment. The allegations involved him making inappropriate advances and improper comments about her outfits and humiliating her in front of her colleagues and even her students who she had brought on set with her. This next sentence is a blatant misrepresentation. Dor on his YouTube show admitted almost gleefully and shamelessly to doing what Kasparian accused him of. That's not true. And if you go back and watch that episode of Jimmy explaining himself, you'll see that what he was admitting to wasn't what he was accused of. I think he represented himself and his actions fairly. I don't think he was trying to cover up what he did or make it better. And I think that in terms of how I feel about it and in terms of how other people I know who are women feel about it, he didn't do anything that should have caused uh, an uproar. 
The way he described it, she was embarrassed because she wore an outfit that malfunctioned or something like that. And his joking about it was hopefully going to relieve some of the tension. But instead, everyone started laughing too loudly and then he felt bad about it. And then he apologized. And it's true that Kasparian did try to blackmail him. And then he says, this isn't the first time Dor has been accused of harassment, which is another smear tactic. But there is something viscerally discomforting about watching the clip of him reveling in the humiliation he caused his then colleague. I think he's looking at a different clip than I looked at. And this spin is propaganda. So if you're just watching the screen and hoping I would scroll instead of talking without showing you, it said, Dor on his YouTube show admitted almost gleefully and shamelessly to doing what Kasparian accused him of, which is not true, and in turn accused Kasparian of blackmail because she actually did blackmail him. This isn't the first time Dora has been accused of harassment, which is just a cheap shot, but there is something viscerally discomforting about watching the clip of him reveling in the humiliation he caused his then colleague. So let me break in here again and say, I do not condone misogyny. I do not condone any kind of slut shaming, if that's what was happening. I don't think it's right to tell women what they should or shouldn't wear. I would certainly not want Anna to feel humiliated by wearing any kind of a revealing outfit. But if it malfunctions and somebody's trying to help point that out to you in a humorous way so that you don't get embarrassed too much, then it's okay. If his intentions were okay and they backfired, then I think he should receive the benefit of the doubt. Not because I think Jimmy Dore is right about everything or that he's a perfect man. I just think that what our intent here to do, Tom, is to smear him instead of to fairly represent Anna here. And when Jimmy apologized afterwards, Anna accepted his apology and said, oh, it's fine, it's okay, we're friends, I didn't think anything of it, or something to that effect. And so if she accepted his apology, what's the point of turning around and then blackmailing him with it later? So now Tom tries to step back and take the high ground. I never wanted to get involved in this controversy for multiple reasons. One, because the discourse surrounding it has long passed the point of usefulness. And two, because anyone who dares criticize Dor in the slightest is almost inevitably subjected to endless vitriol from his supporters. I'm not even necessarily a Jimmy Dor supporter. I have a lot of problems with him and I've pointed them out on my shows over the past months. But if you're an asshole and you're smearing people unfairly, I'm going to subject you to some vitriol. Now look at these cheap shots. Nonetheless, in a month where Bill Cosby has been freed and Britney Spears has been denied freedom from a harmful conservatorship, it feels more important than ever to stand up for women subjected to this sort of harassment. So why, Tom, and correct me if I'm wrong, have you not come out in condemnation of racist rapist Joe Biden? because of his credible allegations of rape of Tara Reid. If we're going to stand up for women subjected to this sort of harassment, and this sort of harassment, again, you're implying that Bill Cosby's harassment of women is the same as Jimmy Dore's. Then he goes on to say, especially when so many of the loudest and most powerful voices online won't take their side. And will they not then also take Tara Reid's side? If Anna was wronged, then I take her side. But if she was wronged and then accepted an apology for it and in sincere good faith told him it was okay, then why would she come back later and try to hurt him? That doesn't sound like good faith. In the next paragraph, he's going to accuse Jimmy of denying war crimes. And if you are on the side of facts, Tom, then you're not going to say it that way. 
And it's also not fair to equate people who are holding people's feet to the fire about universal health care to say that they're conspiracy theorists and bullies, that they're harassing colleagues and denying war crimes or trying to incite tensions between different minority communities. That's not what they're trying to do. They're trying to unite different minority communities and they're not trying to allow homophobia to go unchecked. Maybe Galloway is trying to allow homophobia to go unchecked, but that's not what Jimmy Dore is trying to do. So this is a false equivalence. Anyway, I'll read the paragraph. But this article isn't about Kasparian versus Dore, nor is it about Galloway or any one person in particular. No, it's a general purpose smear. Instead, it's a warning against regressive elements on the left who use their support of good popular ideas like universal healthcare to cloak conspiracism and a culture of bullying. That's just bullshit. Harassing colleagues, denying war crimes, trying to incite tensions between different minority communities and allowing homophobia to go unchecked isn't progressive. But holding assholes like you accountable so that we actually can hold people's feet to the fire and get universal health care and get a Green New Deal and stop imperialism in the United States and across the world, then we're doing the right thing and we are progressives. So what we have here is a fundamental argument about what progressive means. Is progressive doing what Nike does and saying that black lives matter? Or is progressive making the lives of Nikes and Amazon's workers better? The bottom 90% of the economy has been getting fucked for a long time, and we all need to stand up together against that. And then we'll see all the possible problems that are rooted in economic injustice getting better. While we're talking about anti-imperialism, Tom, let's also mention that Biden bombs Syria, Iraq, and threatens Iran recently. The U.S. Biden administration has launched its second round of airstrikes on Syria this year, also bombarding Iraq in a move which it defends as forwarding the aims of peace and stability. Yet it only seems like the strikes have worked to escalate tensions with the two countries and Iran. I'll let you read this yourselves. I'll link to it in the show notes. It seems to me that Tom, with his focus, is trying to predict bullshit like this because Jimmy talks about this kind of stuff all the time. And I guess that makes Tom uncomfortable. Here are a couple of comments from Caitlin Johnstone about Jimmy Dore, the Young Turks, and other ideas about the narrative matrix that she repeatedly addresses. This first point is really important. Nothing about America changed in any meaningful way after Trump took office or after he left. An oligarchic empire kept doing the things the oligarchs and imperialists have always planned on doing. All that changed were the narratives laid on top of this very boring reality. What actually changed? The tweets, the punditry, the levels of pundit-manufactured hysteria on each side. Nothing real and significant in terms of actual government policy and behavior. The powerful capitalize on people's inability to distinguish narrative from reality. So this applies directly to you, Tom. Your support for socialism is just narcissistic public masturbation if it does not include rigorous opposition to US imperialism. So is your social justice activism. So is your environmentalism. So is your anti-fascism. So that includes your fake Me Too bullshit with Anna Kasparian. So here's the real issue. 
Imagine being an influential pundit and telling your audience on no basis whatsoever that an award-winning journalist is working for dictators and paid by the Russians, refusing to retract or apologize, and then constantly playing the victim. And that's what Anna was doing. And that's what Jimmy was calling attention to before Anna tried to blackmail him. TYT was smearing Aaron Mate, and Jimmy was taking them to task over it. Caitlin goes on, you know what would have been a lot worse than a vile McCarthyite smear against an important anti-war journalist igniting an ugly war in online left media circles? A vile McCarthyite smear against an important anti-war journalist being tolerated by online left media circles. I keep seeing people say things like, this feud is destroying the left. All right, first of all, no it isn't, that's stupid. Secondly, even if it was, no left that tolerates the use of disgusting McCarthyite smear tactics to marginalize important anti-imperialist journalists would be worth saving. And that goes for you, Tom. You're not worth saving because you're trying to smear anti-imperialist journalists too. Back to Caitlin. I mean, imagine a different timeline where the Young Turks had said Aaron Mate is paid by the Russian government and working for dictators and nothing happened. Imagine if that had caused no controversy at all and everyone had just let that slide on through. How much worse would that have been? Imagine if people in online US media circles had just gone, yep, yeah, that's how we behave now, and it became normal and acceptable for unprincipled progressive media outlets to target Mate and other anti-imperialist voices with that smear. Would you have preferred that? And imagine letting assholes like Tom here go unchallenged. It amounts to the same thing. Now imagine another timeline where instead of this becoming a contentious issue where those on one side try to blackmail the other into silence and half of lefty media takes the side of the blackmailing McCarthyites, everyone had just condemned the smearers from the start. How much better would that have been, Tom? So we're not in the best case scenario where everyone just says, yeah, nah, fuck off when McCarthyite smear tactics are deployed, but we're also not in the worst case scenario where they have widespread acceptance on the left either. That's a good thing. Jimmy Dore is popular because he's passionate, interesting, and speaks to ordinary people across the political spectrum instead of just to pseudo-progressives or elitist university Marxists. Getting upset about his popularity instead of just doing what he's doing is pretty silly. So let me jump in here and say the reason people like Tom don't want to do what Jimmy's doing is because they think they'll get their hands dirty. They don't want to be associated with grubby populists. But if we're ever going to solve the problems we're in, we're not going to do it by voting. We're going to get together with all the grubby populists there are and we're going to pile into the streets and we're going to stage massive general strikes. That's the way to fix things, not by voting. I'm assuming that people like Tom want us to keep thinking we can solve our problems by voting. And so his idea of what's grubby and what's not going to work is what actually will work if we can just do it. And I can't help but suspect that he knows that. Comfy people don't want the boat rocked very much. They will incrementalism you to death and they will tell you that maybe you're going just a little bit too far. I mean, we do want universal health care, but, but... But back to Caitlin, part of the widespread vitriol toward Dorr is due to jealousy about his popularity and influence, and part is due to a belief that he's the wrong kind of voice to be leading the left. But in both cases, the solution is to just do the thing that makes him so popular and influential yourself, not to bitch and moan while continuing your failed approach. The problem, Caitlin, is that they want to fail. Katie goes on, 
I'm always seeing people talk about how their dad hates both parties and just discovered Jimmy Dore and loves him or whatever. What are Dore's haters doing to appeal to ordinary disenfranchised working class people like this? They'll say they want to, but their actions and methods say otherwise. And if you can't do what Dore has done to become so popular, appealing to ordinary people in an interesting and accessible way, you should probably rethink getting into the left political commentary thing anyway. And that's a pretty good message to leave you with, Tom. You should probably rethink getting into the left political commentary thing. Apparently, Tom noticed that I read his article and followed him on Medium. I woke up this morning to a friend request from Tom Williams, and apparently he's changed his appearance somewhat. His byline on Facebook says, Be brave enough to achieve your dreams and goals. Success is sure. Doesn't sound like he believes in a rigged economy. That's almost a bootstraps kind of thing to say. Anyway, if I'm wrong about Tom, I hope he'll respond to me on Facebook when I drop this video link into his inbox. Thank you.